Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com as well. All of our programming available in those locations. Do you know what it means to be converted? What does it mean to be converted? The Bible tells us that we have to become converted or else we don't have a future. Conversion is an essential topic to understand. And let's look at conversion a little bit today and make sure we understand what it means to be converted. And we can start by looking at Matthew 18. We have a few passages today, so if you have a Bible handy, you could take it out and we could look at some of these scriptures together. Matthew 18 and verse 3, this is Jesus Christ speaking, and said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So this is uh, how serious conversion is. These are Christ's own words, and as Christ said, if we are not converted, we will not be in the kingdom of God. We have to understand what it means to be converted, he points to, becoming as little children. And as we'll see, there's an attitude there and um, actions that come from that attitude that are essential. He's not talking about being immature, he's talking about an attitude. And we have to be converted, we have to have an attitude that's teachable, and we have to understand what God wants for us, and then make sure we're striving to do that. We have to understand what it means to be converted, and there is a lot of confusion about that, particularly in the world, the world of Christianity so-called. They have some ideas, but we need to see what the Bible says about this. We have a free Bible correspondence course. It's the, called the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. You can find that at thetrumpet.com. It's free. Please sign up for that if you haven't already. But there's some information from Lesson 9, and this is from Trumpet Editor-in-Chief, Mr. Gerald Fleury. He writes the uh, beginning section of this lesson, and he says this about conversion. He says, conversion is a lifelong process. It's a lifelong process. To become converted is to have God's thoughts rather than carnal thoughts and emotions and desires. We must think like God. That is very difficult to accomplish and a deep subject to think on. We must constantly grow in our conversion. Baptism is only the starting point. So there is a starting point, as we'll look at a little later, but then it's a continual growth process that we need. We have to constantly grow in our conversion. It is a lifelong process. It's a change in the way we think and act. And it takes God's power, and it takes our effort, and it is a lifelong process, as was mentioned. So the Apostle Paul describes conversion and and some of that process in Acts 20. If you'll notice Acts 20, and we'll look at verse 21. Acts 20 and verse 21. It says, Testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith 
toward our Lord Jesus Christ. So we need faith, but we need repentance as well. There is repentance that's talked about here. And people can feel bad about something if they've done something wrong. But a lot of times that's human sorrow, where a person feels bad for a while, but then they go back and they do the same thing again. They react the same way. They make the, the, you know, the same decision. They take the same action. And they don't really change. And they feel bad about it, but they just keep on going. You know, you can think about somebody that, say, is addicted to smoking cigarettes. And maybe they know it's bad and they don't want to do it anymore, but they just kind of keep doing it. Well, that's not really change. They're feeling bad about it, but that's human sorrow because they don't really conquer the problems. They don't stop smoking. And it's just an example. There's lots of things that we could think about. So to become converted, we have to be growing and we have to be conquering sin. We have to be repenting towards God, a a godly sorrow. And godly sorrow causes us to really change. Mr. Fleury writes, our repentance must rise above the human level. Only godly sorrow, which is repentance toward God, will cause you to overcome. And so you can look at the fruits. If there's a problem and you're not overcoming it, then then there may not be that godly sorrow there. And again, things do take time to conquer, but but they need to be overcome. And if they're not, then a lot of times it's just sort of a human sorrow where a person feels bad. Boy, they'd really like to change some things, but they don't. And I think we can all relate to that as humans. We've had those moments. We've had those situations. So I think that's something that's um, common to all people. But we need to change that, and we have to be growing, and we have to be changing, and really having that godly sorrow, which is repentance toward God, which causes us to overcome and to stop whatever the problem is. And so there's a mindset that we have to take on in the conversion process. We have to think differently, and we see this here in Philippians 2 and verse 5. Philippians 2 and verse 5 This is a scripture that a lot of people memorize. It's a pretty easy one to memorize, and it's an important one. But there's so much depth in it. Philippians 2 and verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. See, there has to be a different mindset there. And, of course, God's Spirit is required for that to happen. And we'll look at that in just a little bit. But we need a different mind. We have to think differently. Jesus Christ was perfect. He never sinned. He always did the will of his Father. That's the mind that we have to be having. And we have to be changing to take on that mind. And again, God's Spirit is essential to that. A person can't just, of their own, say, okay, well, I'm going to start thinking like Jesus Christ. They have to have God's Spirit working with their minds. And verse 13 here in Philippians 2, Philippians 2 and verse 13, it says, For it is God which works in you. See, that's the power of God's Spirit. It's God that works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. See, we need God's Spirit. That's an essential component to conversion. Mr. Fleury writes this. He says, it is not a human effort. We may not actually want to overcome a problem, but God says that he'll give us that desire. We must go to God for the desire to overcome. If we do, he promises he'll give us that desire. Our repentance will be toward God, and then we'll be able to overcome any obstacle. So that's exciting to think about that, that we do have that power available if we have God's Spirit. 
And as Mr. Fleury writes, well, sometimes we don't want to overcome something. We like it. And we might know it's not good for us or it's not, not you know, producing good fruits, but we, we like it. And we have to ask God to give us the right mindset there, to have the mind of Christ, to see things the way that God does, to have that desire to not want to do it. We can't just try to do it on our own. We're not going to have the, the power that we need, but, of course, using God's Spirit, then we have to make an effort, <laughs> and that's important too. But it has to be uh, empowered by God. We need the mind of Christ in us, as it says in Philippians 2 and verse 5. So the process of conversion involves a continual growth and change, taking on more and more of the mind of Christ, And it requires God's Spirit to empower us to make those changes possible. The Bible gives a really good definition here of conversion in Romans 8. We can see what what the Bible says about that in Romans 8 and verses 6 through 9. It says, For to be carnally minded is death. See, that's the way man usually thinks. And that leads to death. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Again, thinking back to Philippians 2 and verse 5, taking on that mind of Christ. Spiritually minded, that's life, that's peace. Verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, or it's it's hostile to God. And Mr. Armstrong explained that. A lot of people aren't, you know, uh, uh, actively hostile necessarily. It's a passive hostility. They just uh, they don't want to talk about God. They don't really want God in their business. They kind of want to do their own thing. So it may not be outward and really obvious, but there is this uh, aggression against God, against his law, against his government, and that that's the carnal mind. It says, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Carnal mind, it's not subject to God's law. And it can't be. And so the carnal mind uh, wants to live its own way, do its own things as as Satan influences it and not obey God. Verse 8, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Talking about this mindset here, being carnally minded. It says, verse 9, but you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. So you have to have God's Holy Spirit. It says, now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. That's the definition of a true Christian, somebody that has the Spirit of God. And, of course, is following it, following that direction. Notice what Mr. Armstrong wrote about conversion and about this scripture here. This is in the Incredible Human Potential. That's free at thetrumpet.com as well. And there's a whole uh, chapter on conversion and uh it's vital to read that and to be reminded of that truth and to get deeper understanding of conversion and measure yourself, you know, how, how are you doing in the conversion process? Mr. Armstrong wrote this in The Incredible Human Potential. When does one really become a Christian, he says? Well, it is when he receives God's Holy Spirit. In Romans 8 and verse 9, we read that unless we have the Holy Spirit, we are not Christ, not Christians. And um, people might claim to be Christian, but if they don't have the Spirit of God, they don't have the mind of Christ in them, then they're not. Mr. Armstrong says there is a definite time. So now he's talking about conversion here. He says there is a definite time when God's Spirit enters into one 
at the very moment he receives the Holy Spirit, he is, in this first sense, converted. Yes, all at once. Talking about that baptism. If he has Christ's Spirit, he is Christ. He is Christian. The very life of God has entered into or impregnated him. He has been begotten as a child of God. So there is that definite instance of baptism. He says, but does that mean his salvation is complete? You know, is that all there is to it? Done? He says, is he now fully and finally saved? Is that all there is to it? Is he now suddenly perfect? Is it now impossible for him to do wrong? He says, no, (laughs) far from it, far from it. But as he points out, a lot of people misunderstand that. There is a definite point where a person receives God's spirit. That's at baptism, and they become Christian. But then there's more to it. There's more to do. Mr. Armstrong writes further. He says, the Christian life is a life of spiritual going to school, of training for a position in God's kingdom. When and after we shall be changed from mortal to immortal, when we shall be no longer flesh and blood humans, but composed of spirit, with eternal life inherent. See, there's this time period between when a person is baptized and the end of their physical life. And that entire time period is a process of conversion. It's a process of taking on more of the mind of Christ. Some people stop doing that, and they... They uh, don't continue in that path. And then if they don't repent of that, then there's a difficult uh, end for them. God's not going to have a person like that in his kingdom. Because like Christ said, unless you become converted, you can't be in the kingdom of God. So there's this lifelong process of conversion. It's a process of going to school, as Mr. Armstrong said, training and, and taking on more and more of the mind of Jesus Christ, as Philippians 2 and verse 5 says. Christ talked about this in Luke 19. He gave this parable, and it starts in verse 12. Luke 19 and verse 12. He said, Therefore a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants, and he delivered them ten pounds, and said unto them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him, and they sent a message after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, and this is talking about the return of Jesus Christ, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him, to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. So he gave each of these these people a pound and said, Okay, now I want to know what you did with it. And then came the first, saying, Lord, your pound has gained ten pounds. So the first person took a pound, and they gained ten, and they, they increased it tenfold, which is, uh, which is really amazing growth. And he said unto him in verse 17, Well, you good servant, you know, what you did was good there, because you have been faithful in a very little, have you authority over ten cities. And verse 18, the second came, saying, Lord, your pound has gained five pounds. And he said, Likewise to him, be you over five cities. So he, he uh, grew to a different degree, and so he had a different reward. He was rewarded. Uh, Both of them were rewarded according to their works, what they had done with what they were given. Verse 20, and another came saying, Lord, behold, here is your pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. And uh, he goes on to talk about how well he was afraid and he didn't do anything with it. And verse 22, and he said unto him, out of your own mouth will I judge you. 
you wicked servant. Well, this person's wicked. They didn't do anything. You know that I was an austere man, taking up that I laid not down and reaping that I did not sow. In verse uh, 24, he says, look, <laughs> he says to those that stood by, take from him the pound and give it to him that has 10 pounds. So take it from the person that didn't do anything with it and give it to the man that did a lot so that he can do something with it, right? So uh, the the point being that we're given a certain amount at baptism of God's Spirit, uh, a beginning portion, and then that conversion process is growing and developing and developing more and more of the mind of Christ, developing fruits of God's Spirit, developing more of those fruits. That's what the conversion process is. It's, it's not just that beginning. That's important, that baptism, but then it's, okay, growing and developing more of God's character, taking on more of the mind of Christ. And if a person stops doing that and they don't change from that and they don't repent and get going again, well, then they end up being a wicked servant, as Christ said. Mr. Armstrong wrote in The Incredible Human Potential, in the parable, the first came to report he had multiplied what he had been given ten times. He says, you see, the receiving of God's Spirit is God's gift. That is what God does. It comes by grace as a gift. We can't earn it. But all through the New Testament, it is made plain we shall be rewarded according to our works. Not saved by works we have done. This man had, by his own application, multiplied his spiritual gift ten times. His one pound was now ten pounds. And he received a greater reward than the one who gained five pounds. So, again, it's about what do we do with what we're given. There's a conversion process. There's, there's a life of, okay, let's go to school spiritually. Let's learn. Let's apply God's word. Let's use God's spirit to grow and to change and to repent and to follow him and grow and be converted. Grow in that conversion process. And there are some mistakes that happen along the way. But like Mr. Armstrong writes, further here in Incredible Human Potential, he says, as long as one in his heart has the real desire to walk God's way with him, is deeply sorry and repents when he commits the occasional sin, and is seeking to overcome sin and to make God's way his habitual way of life, he will stumble on occasion. But if he confesses it and repents, he will be forgiven. But if he is diligent in his Christian life, his occasional stumbling will become less and less. He will be making good progress, overcoming, growing spiritually, and in a righteous, godly character. So when we think about ourselves and we consider our conversion process and how that's going, we have to ask that. Okay, well, our occasional stumbling, is it less and less than it used to be? Are we making good progress? Are we overcoming? Are we growing spiritually? Are we developing righteous, godly character? Those are all things to think about. See, conversion is a process. It's a process, but it's not a process of just continually making the same mistakes over and over and over and no change. There has to be growth. There has to be change. And it doesn't happen instantly. It takes time, but there has to be, again, progress, overcoming, growing spiritually, and in righteous, godly character. That's the conversion process. And we need to be converted and be growing in the mind of Christ so that we can be in that kingdom of God. We can be rewarded like Christ shows there in Luke 19. 
So hopefully that helps us understand conversion. Again, sign up for the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course and, and dig out all of the scriptures on this topic. Also, the incredible human potential really gets into a lot more detail than what we, what we can cover today. But this should be a good start to thinking more about that and meditating on it and digging into uh, really understanding what is conversion and making sure we're letting God change us and convert us. That's all the time we have for this edition of Live By Every Word. Thank you for spending some of your time with me today. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live By Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.